If you like weird history, true crime, haunted and paranormal, then pause the podcast you're listening to right now and subscribe to Ghost Town wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have a video component to our favorite Ghost Town episodes at youtube.com slash Jason Horton. Episodes like The Los Feliz Murder House, The Toxic Lady, The Black Dahlia, Janis Joplin's Hotel Room, The Haunted Roosevelt Hotel, and more. Just go to youtube.com slash Jason Horton. That's youtube.com slash J-A-S-O-N-H-O-R-T-O-N. And while you're there, please subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Thank you. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It's the Friends Without Benefits podcast. My name is Jason Horton, and my super cool, funky, fresh guest uh, is Ali Gertz. I would like off the record uh, to say I'm not funky fresh. Is that okay? Can I say out the gate that I'm not funky fresh? But I want you to relate to people that are listening because a lot of I funky just, fresh people like listening to this. This is this is what I mean. I think that they're going to identify with me under false pretense. I think people are going to be like, oh, another one of us, the funky fresh bunch. Yeah, yeah. And as but someone not who's not, I, I just want to be honest. I am a lot of things, but funky fresh is not one of them. Take two. No, we're just going to keep rolling with it. Um, I I met Allie Gertz. I'm saying your name because I asked her how should I say, <laughs> should I say Allison, uh, or and then she broke it down like a million different ways, and I stopped listening. Mm-hmm. And then I said Greg. I'm just going to call you Greg. <laughs> uh, we met at uh, at the YouTube Space. Yeah, YouTube Space. LA. Yeah. We, I, I think that was the first and last time I saw you there, and I've been there. <laughs> I've been going there forever. Where you're just like, I'm done with this because you're like you have a YouTube presence. I have a minimal YouTube presence. It's how I kind of started um, doing anything, but I stopped as soon as I started doing other things. Okay. I now use it to post covers of Nerf Herder songs mm-hmm. or songs from The Simpsons, like Can I Borrow a Feeling? And if I do have a new song, which I will soon, I'll put it there. But I don't do the like constant upkeep of, of more successful YouTubers. But it seems like it, it, when you started, it had a, uh, I mean, it had that kind of, like that you were like, YouTube was your platform. Definitely. Yes. And now it's just a stepping stone. Yes, correct. Yeah, now now I spend more of my time. Um, well, so I, I put out like 10, I only have like 14 videos on my entire channel and I've had it, I mean, we met like maybe a year ago. Yeah. Um, Happy anniversary. Hey, thanks. Um, I didn't get you anything. Oh. Sorry. I got you this 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 whole this podcast this episode. Gig? Yeah, this sweet gig. I booked you this sweet gig, which is going to, to all uh, the funky fresh people, which is going to get me many more gigs. Oh yeah, that's what I'm banking on. Yeah, uh, I've made it. We'll start describing yourself, and some of the audience <laughs> probably might be interested. Yeah, so uh, I am a nerdy singer songwriter, mm-hmm. and my YouTube is is nothing but nerdy love songs. So songs about Millhouse, like everything's. I have a song called Everything's Coming at Millhouse. They're mostly songs about underdogs, like. Sam Weir from Freaks and Geeks, and they're very sincere. Like, there's a lot of really cool music comedy and also a lot of cool nerdy music. Um, but my stuff, I think, is a little more sad 
than it is funny and it's a little bit more earnest than it is punchlines and I love the punchline stuff and I love the other kind of stuff but my stuff is a little bit more like what if Fiona Apple and Amy Mann only liked cartoons and never went through actual heartbreak you like Amy Mann I would love to say that which is uh, why I said it I uh, I met her this is a totally separate thing and it wasn't because Amy Mann but I was at one of the UCB which is the part of your culture right the upper mm-hmm. system that one of their New Year's Eve parties Amy Mann was there with Michael Penn her husband yes and I love Michael Penn mm-hmm. and every, nobody cared he was just kind of standing there like oh, awkwardly my God. and I was just like yeah yeah Amy Mann <laughs> and I was just like I'm such a, I was like Aah. so it was I was very, very starstruck, and um, yeah, that was just, that's that's my Amy Mann story. Yeah, Michael Penn is one of my favorite singer-songwriters, and he's highly underrated. Oh, so... I, I can't I, imagine what his life must be like. So this guy is married to Amy Mann, uh-huh. legendary, you know, She's singer, in, like, the lexicon of, like, you know what I mean? Like, she'll Because she's like, comedy, mm, she does yep. the Portlandia, she's, yep. but of course, you know, Magnolia, Calm. all the soundtracks. So she's got, he's got that side, but also his brother is Sean Penn. Yeah. So he, from both sides, he's not quite getting his due, At but I think he's table, fine he's with it. he just sits in the middle, and there's just... <laughs> like they just passed over and he's like I just I wrote some songs I wrote some right, cool. great songs yeah. yeah yeah very good yeah but he's I mean I don't know I, he's the one out of all of the three of them that I'd be most excited to like sit here and talk to yes I'm a huge fan we'll see I, yeah you should have him on the show it's not it's not impossible is it <laughs> so one of the songs that that you did that I really 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 truly love and I know a lot of people say stuff and I don't like uh, there's so many YouTube videos and I don't really honestly watch that many like how can you but your um, song for the the room. Oh yeah, uh, the Tommy Wiseau movie, The Room. Yes, um, actually, I had uh, the uh, Juliet who plays Lisa in one of my videos. Not referencing the room at all. I just met her and just wanted to have her in a video. But it's such. It's a really good song. It's in a really amazing video, and like you said, it's not jokey. It's not jokey. My. It's hope- actually. Re- it is really. It actually. <laughs> really made me sad. It made me feel something the movie did not make me feel. Thank you. That's kind of what I what I want to do with the with the subject matter at hand with any of my things. Like I think there's sadness. I mean, this makes me sound like a huge bummer, but I think there's sadness in everything funny, and I think the funniest thing is making someone feel sad about a character like Tommy Wiseau in the room, uh, which if you haven't seen it, this is like the like the Citizen Kane of bad movies. Mm. It's just awful, and it's so bad it makes you laugh. And what he tried to do, despite what he says now, is make a drama. And so when I wrote this song, I wanted to make it the drama that he intended. Uh, so the video has Greg Sestero, who plays one of the characters, and I'm singing from his his point of view. And um, I had my friend Andrew Volpe help me with the instruments yeah. in the back. It's great. It, I, I mean, his... Greg's book is amazing. It's so good. It's it, when it was over, I was so bummed out that the book had a last page, and I read it thinking like, "Is this just like some kind of fluff thing?" But it's so good, like, and it goes back and I mean, just read it. But how how was it getting him? Not so much like how'd you get him, but how did you get him to do this thing? It was really cool. Um, this was all because of the YouTube space. Like, I was just surrounded by a bunch of cool people and. Uh, I met you there the same day that I met the five second film guys. And Michael Rousselet, uh, who's one of the main guys, is 
the reason that the room is what it is. I don't know if you know his story. Um, you should because it's in this book. He brought it to, like, yeah. yeah. He was the first kid who was just kind of like, um, actually, this movie's hilarious. I'm going to get all my college friends. We're going to rent out this theater. We're going to bring spoons. We're going to make it this Rocky Horror Picture kind of thing. And suddenly, it gets all this traction. Through this, he became really good friends with Greg. And Greg is... I guess you could say, like, one of the biggest stars in this new movie that they came out with called uh, Dude Bro Party Massacre 3, which is so good, and you have to see it if you haven't gotten the chance. And uh, Greg Sestero was just kind of palling around. I showed Michael my song, just this really rough demo version, and he's just like, oh, I have to send this to Greg. And I said, when you do, can you ask him if he'd like to do my video? And he liked the song and said, if I didn't like the song, I wouldn't have done it, but I liked it. And so it was very, very heartwarming and and flattering, and we worked together, and he was just as nice, if not more nice, than anyone would have hoped for. I mean, it's it's like one of those things where, I I mean, it it just really complements each other really well. And I mean, I've watched it so many, I've told you about it. I mean, I I think I may mention that how uh, great I thought it was, but definitely check that out. Now, can I talk about your YouTube channel for a second? Because you made a a comment about it a while ago about your URL. Mm -hmm. Um, And your URL is... Cosby sweater. Cosby sweater. Yeah, yeah, with two S's. With two S's. So the the reference for me has never been Bill Cosby. It is impossible to hear the name Cosby sweater without, of course, thinking of it. Yeah. And it is in some ways, but it's from High Fidelity, um, which is my favorite movie and book. And uh, it's just the way that Jack Black says it. Um, it's a Cosby sweater, a Cosby sweater, which is why there are two S's. Um, and I really just liked the idea of, of something that was, like, cozy and warm uh but ugly like right. I, I love that and, and it, ironic and it not ironic i actually have a war on irony but i do love i do love that sentiment and so of course when hannibal burris comes out and all these women come forward about what is happening with cosby and what has happened with cosby um i kind of was faced with a with a kind of no-brainer decision as to whether or not i should keep my name and it became very clear to me that the best thing for everything was to just disassociate it. And it was nice because it was something I wanted to do anyway. I was ready to start performing under my own name just so, you know, it would feel better for me to know who I am. Um, well, you wanted to change it to Pol Pot Hitler, right? Yeah, actually, consent sweater. Yeah, okay, you got and, it, got it, yeah. Uh, I, it was nice that I was also able to take a small stance as well while I did it, and it got nothing but really nice feedback. Uh, <laughs> my CDs are now half off. Uh, I still have tons of T-shirts and CDs that have Cosby okay. sweater on them. Collector's uh, item. So now, you know, YouTube, you can't change the URL, yeah. but you can do the fancy YouTube.com slash C slash Allie Gertz. It's like a redirect or whatever. Yeah, which doesn't do too much. Um, but for a long time, it was the perfect name, and then it became the worst name, and now it's something that I could look back and laugh on and also have a moment to kind of get into the more serious conversation with Cosby stuff. Okay. So it's it's been quite a journey. Of the women Bill Cosby has affected, I'm probably the least, but I still was affected. Yeah, no, I mean, and it, I don't know, it just like it gives you, it gives you something to say. Like you have a war against irony. Like I just have a war against people. 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 Uh, no, just people that. How's that I, war going? Uh, I'm winning. Do you have a flag? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a dollar <laughs> sign. It's a huge oh. dollar sign. Mm-hmm. It, like about people that. I feel like are saying things 
posting on Facebook and stuff like that, just to have something to say. Oh, absolutely. Just because they're like, I need to, my fingers need to be typing. I need to hit send. And no, you don't, for starters. You don't need to do it. But I feel like that is something, you making that statement, not, not that anyone's opinion is not valid, but I feel like they're kind of like, look at me saying something about this, but more importantly, please be looking at me. And I think your thing is, is comes from a place of like, it's it's genuine and you're not making like a huge grandstand, you know what I mean? Like a huge grandstand on it while still making a point. Right. What do you think that the people that need to say something, whether they have an opinion or not, what do you think their motivation is? Is it really just a matter of they need attention and validation? Or do you think there's something deeper there? I think it's about being part of the conversation in any way, fitting it in any Yeah, they don't want to miss out. You know, it's like... We're on Facebook, right? And th- chances are the majority of the people that you're friends with on Facebook, chances are probably share uh, a, a similar kind of mindset. You would like, hope. You would hope. <laughs> like, you know, in, in L.A., like I'm picking L.A., but in L.A., you know, you're probably friends with a lot of L.A. people. A lot of people are very liberal. Yes. That's safe to say. It's um, safe. But – and then people are like, you know what? If you think this or that – well, then just defriend me right now. <laughs> hey, that's the thing. But what you're willing to do, you're willing to go as so far as just to merely threaten to unfriend someone. It's like you know, Tiananmen Square, standing in front of a tank, hand up. What I'm willing to do is tell you that I'm going to threaten to maybe unfriend you on Facebook. And that's the stance I'm going to take. And I, I feel like that kind of thing is like, oh, how much do I care about this? Well, I'm willing to tell you that I might unfriend you. Right. And for me, that's kind of like... Chances are you're preaching to the choir, but it's that thing where it's like I, I have I have an opinion. Hear my hear my opinion. Also, me too. I do think that I have seen some positive outcome from people that will say, you know, this is an issue that I care about. Let's talk about the issue that came out today. Now nationwide gay marriage is legal and you'll see a lot of these posts and of course this will not be posted today but this is what happened today in our well, I'm world gonna, by the time this comes out it'll be it'll be, <laughs> it'll be overturned i hope if god is out there and god you're listening you'll overturn it by the time this part or i'm unfriending you hi this is god Hey, oh, you're you're a woman. Yeah, uh, a very gay woman. Oh no, I'm not, a little not, gay. I'm, I'm not a little black gay. though, right? <laughs> uh, I'm all the races actually. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. I so think that people that um, use Facebook as kind of this political platform can actually change the way that their friends view them if they are their friends. You know, you're you're preaching to the choir in some ways, but there are those people that are kind of like, I don't really know how I feel, and if it if it would mean someone hating me like i don't think that they're worried about losing a facebook friendship but they might feel some some backlash that might make them at least consider like huh why is it making someone so mad that they would not want to be friends with strangers um so it might help i tend to not do the uh, shut someone out if they disagree with you i tend to argue uh, very kindly and openly for as long as they are willing to participate with me. This happened just the other day. I mean, there's all this stuff going on with the Charleston shooter. And I have a friend that I didn't talk to for 10 years who's coming out of the woodworks just with this very, like, just backwards racist shit. And it's just so ridiculous. And I, instead of shutting it out immediately and just being like, hey, fuck you, you're an idiot, it became like this... Uh, you know, healthy but heated dialogue of just like, hey, man, like, really think about it. And at the end, it ended up being kind of like, oh, shit, I didn't realize. So sometimes it works. 
Sometimes it doesn't. But that's if you actually have an opinion. You're talking about people that are kind of just like, I don't really, I don't it, actually have an opinion. I just want to fight it's for a, no very, It's a lot of generalizations. Yes. And it just kind of, I mean, it kind of just fills up, it just fills up the feed, but uh, nobody's nobody's making me look at Facebook, are they? I mean, I am always sending you messages saying like, please look at my Facebook. I know. If you like me, if you But I said, me, please, you don't yeah. have to. I'm not doing like a clockwork orange thing on you. Where you're holding my eyes open and putting drops in? Yeah. Uh, I want it. Speaking of that, so you know, speaking I, of, <laughs> I, I follow kind of like what's going therapy. on. Uh, so I, I, you know, you you'll post some things from your online dating life, messages. Yes. Um, and this is like could be two parts. Then I about the thing about when women. I mean, it's men too, but I mean, I'm noticing when women post things, the kind of like responses something will get or what a photo will get. Um, for sure. So you have done online dating. Yes. Okay. I have also done online dating mm-hmm. on the other side. Yes. Um, why all you women be like trifling? Go on. No, why are you trifling? <laughs> um, so, uh, you, you know, you get uh, statistically inundated with messages, proposals, uh, pickup lines, or whatever it is. Do you get a thing where because you're um, – I don't know what your profile looks like, but I'm, I'm assuming it's like, I love sushi and iPhones and like that kind of thing, or like, I'll die for my best friends. I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and say it might be a little snarky. Possible? Um, Guilty? I Actually, my profile is pretty sparse. It is, uh, it's pretty, uh, like, it, it's pretty mostly just a few of my best jokes that I right. that are tried and true on Twitter, and then listing what I do for a living, and then... Uh, a very long collection of my favorite bands and movies because that is truly the most important thing when you meet somebody. Absolutely. It's a deal breaker. My uh, you should message me if is if you're a young Albert Brooks okay. uh, or Simon Rich because I'd like you to be on my Simpsons podcast. There's nothing about it that is um, particularly inviting. Like there's nothing that's, you know, there's nothing to, I don't like the phrase, but basic about my profile. And there's nothing, I don't, I don't put too much about myself that it would be like, she's not my type. Like, it's a pretty pretty basic uh, in the normal word uh, type of profile where it's, you know, sarcastic and funny. But it's not dismissive, and it, it's, not, it's not anything too much in any direction. When I've seen some of the, the back and forths. Yes. And you, I mean, it, in kind, will respond sometimes a little bit, you know. Cruel. Cruel. I'm just using the word snarky. Yeah, yeah. In the messages, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So, okay. Do you feel like this is the response they're getting? They're like, you know, like, sup, pizza emoji, or whatever they're whatever they messaging, and you're saying something snarky back. Sup, pizza emoji is good, though. Like, that's a pretty hot, like, hot So, if, if someone says to me, but what I don't like is when, and, and I'm not even including very graphic, sexual, offensive messages. Those are, of course, not something that I am interested in. I won't speak on behalf of all women. But messages that also annoy me are clearly copy and paste or taken from a joke book, like a literal book of jokes. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that. I had someone say a, a, a punchline that was about pirates so it had the word i in it like a uh, y-e. y-e yeah and i responded uh i don't like you and i posted that recently and it caused a big stir 
because most people are just like, that's hilarious. And other people, including uh, family members and exes, were just like, don't bite the hand that feeds you and like, don't be so mean and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, don't defend someone who's just using lines. Um, they, because they're saying it to so many people. That's why I don't have a problem doing it. I would never be mean to anyone who is genuinely trying to make a connection, even if it were pathetic, like, because they're trying their best. But I get messages like, let's see, one I recently got was, you know, do you like Pop-Tarts? And I was offended by this because I felt like, you're so lazy that this is the best message you could come up with. This isn't Facebook chat. Like, we're not two friends that know each other and you're trying to strike up a conversation. This is a dating site. You should say something about my profile. So he said, do you like Pop-Tarts? My response was, not since my dad left to get some and never came back. So my responses are often not kind, but I would say I'm a very kind person outside of it. Would you? Do you think, though, that they might be taking – I don't know what your profile pictures look like, but you got glasses. Maybe you have bangs. I don't I mean, have bangs. I mean, whatever. Don't stereotype nerd girls. Um, but they might look at that and be like, that's just the way she is. Like, I have to break through that exterior. Like, that kind of like. That's the way she is. She loves generic punchlines. I, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like I've seen some of those back and forth personally where it's just kind of like, they're, that's just her personality. Like, she's just, she's just that girl and I need to, let me push it a little bit further. Or do they generally like, are they like, Ah, screw it. Let me go to the other girls. The, you know, I have found that on OkCupid, it's kind of, they're treating me like any other person. And it really is something they are copying and pasting to other people's profiles, which is why I attack. When it comes to the people that are fans of mine um, and my music, which is very nerdy, um, those people are very specifically drawn to that nerdy side and want to show off a very nerdy side of themselves too because I've kind of opened the gate for this like it now is now the dialogue is like you like Dungeons and Dragons let me show you my basement full of Dungeons and Dragons stuff Sorry. in an actual dungeon in an actual dungeon <laughs> they have converted their you know yeah. their they, bedroom they into yeah oh you like Dungeons and Dragons well I have an actual dungeon yes do and, you want to see my dragon <laughs> and in that case that makes sense because I've already kind of told you like this is the kind of person I am and and you know people that see it are connecting with me and when you I'm I know that most YouTubers get this but when you're putting yourself out there in any way the people that are on the other side really feel like they know you. And when, in my particular case, I'm writing about underdogs and the types of characters that these men are, it would totally make sense to assume that this is a relationship that is bound to happen. Um, so it's very interesting to go from OkCupid okay to fans that are kind of reaching out in a romantic way. And they're, they've, they're like invested in you in a way that you don't know them at all, but they feel like they know But they know feel like they know me, yeah. which... I have felt on the same way and I'm writing a song about of just falling so in love with somebody based on their music. And like Michael Penn's music to us is so meaningful, but we know literally nothing about him. I mean, you did see him once, so I could be wrong, but He he loves Pop-Tarts. <laughs> it was actually Michael Penn that messaged me. Oh, really? Yeah. But see, like the Michael Penn like see, I feel like a Michael Penn connection is probably a little bit better than some of the other ones because that's very that's really out there. I want to give myself credit. Out there. As far as like, oh, you like indie sure. bands? Yes. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. <laughs> you like one of those popular shows? I mean, Simpsons is a very, very popular show. Sure. I mean, I'm not denouncing any of the, the 
how much people are fans of it. But like to say like, oh, you like The Simpsons? P.S. I like The Simpsons is not like what 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 what? Yeah. Um, but Michael Penn is very little bit of little obscure. You could like The Simpsons and also like things that are more obscure. Right. Um, I mean, you could like Burning Crosses and like The Simpsons, probably, right? <laughs> uh, yes. You can love Burning Crosses and like The Simpsons, or love The Simpsons and just like Burning Crosses. I was very. How many times? Why am I? Why didn't you stop me from saying Burning Crosses? I mean, this is just come on, man, I, come on. I want to. I wanted to see where it was going. Um, that's a fire I didn't want to put out. Oh, no. uh, I I I try very hard to not ever be uh, too superficial or catty, and I particularly don't do it with women. I think it's a really awful thing to do to judge someone based on how they're dressing or even if they hate other women. I try to not be judgmental because I know that it's a greater response. But I did see a picture that someone posted. I was <laughs> I I am a cartoon version of myself. When I have free time, I'm actually just going through my phone looking at Simpson tumblers, like looking for the next funny, you know, still screenshot that I'm going to put on my Simpsons Twitter. And uh, I was going through it, and I found this picture of the Simpsons star on the Hollywood Walk of whatever. And um, this woman has, like, perfectly manicured toes and then, like, these, like, gladiator sandals. And I just was, like, so shocked by it, just thinking, like, there's no way that someone that wears these shoes also likes the Simpsons. So I will say that there are some things that you could say, like, I like this and the Simpsons. I'd be kind of surprised. Like, if you find the uh, ditzy is kind of gendered, but just the, the most, you know, dumb Basic. You want yeah, basic. I was waiting for the basic uh, to come out. I mean, yeah. What else? I mean, what else? What other word is there? What did we say not. before basic? Um, I don't know. We just keep make, making generalizations. Yeah, exactly. Which is not a smart thing to do, but no. it helps us compartmentalize. Yeah. What is it t- like? What is your success rate on any of the dating sites? Is success like, as in how are we measuring success? Success is um getting to. Mm, let's start with. Uh, let's break it down. Let's start with how many get. He's uh, pulling out charts, people. Uh, an actual. A response in the sense like where it moves forward in like it's not just either you not responding or you shutting them down. Maybe one percent. So is that twenty four thousand? Is one sixty sixty one thousand? I actually got to go on a date right now. Uh, oh, <laughs> I don't. I think there have been three times in the how many years in in the many years of using OkCupid that I've actually gone on a date with someone from OkCupid. It's more the people that I date more than not are comedians or actors or someone in the scene. Is that any better? <laughs> That's kind of its own dating site. Yeah. And the and the stand-up set is their profile. And that is something that I do like about this world is that I think the appeal of online dating is that you instantly know what someone's perceived deal is. Like, okay, well, this is how I've constructed myself to be, and I hope you like it, and I would like to see what yours is, and maybe ours will work together. That's what happens when you have a YouTube account, or are a musician, or any kind of artist, because you're saying, this is me. And I feel lucky that that's kind of what is around in this scene in terms of dating, because you kind of get a glimpse that you don't get in other industries, I think. Like, if you're a banker, I would hope that that's not the most interesting thing about your life, but we don't really get to see that when we go in to cash our checks and run into you or meet you wherever you meet bankers. How many checks are you cashing? So <laughs> many. <laughs> How many cashing so many checks? Did you get some direct deposit or something? You're right. I do have an app on my phone, but that means even less for the poor guy who yeah. works at a teller station. Just waiting for you to just 
barge in there. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so, I mean, I've been in comedy for a while in, in the scene and dated other comedians. And do you ever just, like, not want, like, do you ever just, like, there's too much of this? There's too much of this comedy or trying to succeed in a similar industry or the bits or whatever it is. Is it ever just, like, too much? I feel really lucky because I do something that other people I'm interested in are not doing. That's true, yep. So I I feel lucky that I do what is considered music comedy. So I get to kind of skirt along the music scene and skirt along the comedy scene, and they both don't quite have to do – we're not up against the same things. No one that I'm dating is trying to get into whatever – festival I'm getting into because there's only one music slot and it's fine and I'm not going for other music comedians and that is uh, that is for sure that is set with an iron not fist. even Bo Burnham especially not no I'm kidding I love Bo Burnham Bo Burnham's great he's so great there I, are there are greats he's he's in that you know that shiny top tier though the people that are not Bo Burnham are are just so far beneath Bo Burnham yeah. Just so not, not, not him. <laughs> I love, I mean, I love, uh, I don't know. I just do. Let's take a moment and, and say what we love about Bo. Uh, just, I just saw him at the Largo and it was just, um, I mean, just Largo, Largo is my favorite place in Los Angeles. And Date ideas, is, guys. Guys, you're listening? Date ideas. That's a great, note. that's actually the first time I ever saw Michael Penn. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It's funny, I used to not like Michael Penn's music because I'm such an Amy Mann fan. Like as a as a girl musician growing up, like that she was who you listened to, Amy and Joni Mitchell and Fiona and all these people. But Amy was always my favorite. And so I saw her at Largo and I had no idea who M- Michael Penn was at all. He just, you know, and he kind of has like this um I won't say homeless, but he has this look yeah, about him yeah. that is a little yeah. <laughs> in knapsack somewhere. Yeah. And I instantly was put off because I was just like, she deserves so much better. And then he starts to sing and the guitar's a little out of tune and he doesn't seem to really care and he seems to be a little um, tipsy. And now I would have, I wish I could go back in time and watch that again because I would have loved that performance because I get him now. But at the time I was just filled with rage of, of unnecessary overprotectiveness for this artist I love. And then I listened to some Spotify radio station, and it was probably Amy Mann. And Michael Penn came up, and I didn't see who it was yet. I was just listening to the whole song. I was like, this song is amazing. And then I realized it was Michael Penn. And so then I listened to the whole album that it was off of, and then I listened to every album. And now he's he's on my OkCupid profile. Oh, look at the full circle. Mm-hmm. See, I would see I would see Michael Penn on it, and I don't think I've ever I seen one. I meant that I use Michael Penn's picture as my profile Ex- on OkCupid. Okay uh, listen, I, that's enough for me, but that's the kind of thing I would zero in on and be like, I could I could hopefully maybe be uh, not in the rest of the herd and, and have something to talk about um, because it's like, 
it's so personal to me and so kind of out there. At least it sets me apart. I mean, I could say like 10 racist things after that. Hey, you like Michael Penn? Yeah, me too. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Racism, racism, racism. But at least I would, I feel like I might be able to get to that, to that point because of something so obscure. I will say that I have been blinded by taste in the past. I have never been someone who is particularly driven by physical attractiveness in terms of like con- conventionally good looking people. Um, in fact, I, I tend to be a little turned off by people that are conventionally good looking and that's just a part of my lizard brain. But I have seen people that have amazing taste, like really good. It matches so many ways. And in fact, they might even know more than I do, which is very rare in my own personal experience to find someone that knows more than I do about music. And I could be hanging out with them for so long before I realize, oh, they're an asshole. Because you spend so much time talking about the movies you like and the books you like and the songs that changed you and shaped you that you don't even get into the racism. You don't even get into the sexism and all the different things. it's there eventually. It's there. And it's I, waiting. <laughs> and I, you know, I have kind of learned the more I, I guess, just grow up that taste is a great bonus, but it isn't everything. And I definitely used to think it was absolutely everything. Well, how do you learn? Like, you know, the thing is, is like, I, you know, after dating, you know, a lot of comedians and actors and, and you know, going on a lot of different dates. And I was that thing where it's like, I don't want to date because I felt like. What do I have to not what what do I what new can I learn though? Like I want to learn about something, oh I've never done like a banker. Like totally. you're a banker. What's that's that's conversation because I don't know anything about that. Like talking about like improv shows, I mean that's just like it's ter- <laughs> it's so depressing. I mean I don't want to get too out depressing it sounds, but uh I just don't care to talk about that that much. Yes. Anyway, but I'd I'd rather like talk about something new than Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also think just quickly getting depressing into the improv stuff that the attitude of of many in this kind of artistic scene can be really toxic because a lot of it is a a contest. A lot of it is this person got my spot. I deserve this. I've been doing it longer. All these things. And so that side of it is something that is that is. Yeah, it's toxic and it's scary. And I definitely wouldn't say if you weren't an artist that it wouldn't be appealing. But when you are one, it is kind of just like, hey, I get it too. And I'm I'm dealing with my own stuff, but I'm doing it fine. So maybe you could kind of chill out a little bit. And in those instances, yes, I would also like to date a banker. But if you could find the right person who is able to just be driven and passionate without it, like bogging them down, that's when you start to have fun. And then you explore the other areas of life that maybe you don't know firsthand, but you could say like, hey, we should try this new thing. Like we should explore what's happening in this part of the world or X, Y, Z. (laughs) X, Y, Z is my favorite part. It's banking. But I think, you know, ambition is very attractive. That's my thing. So it's not that I'm attracted to comics or directors or what have you. It's that I'm attracted to ambition and drive and, uh, the makings of success, which is someone who's confident and hardworking. And if you could find me those things that are, and also hilarious. So if you could find me those things with someone who, uh, you know, runs, I can't think of any other jobs, but like something with their hands or like a construction worker. And if they have all those things and they're going to be the best construction worker, I would love to be set up with well, them. Well, that means they're probably employed too, which is also nice. Absolutely. Someone who's able to take care of themselves yeah. and is just, yeah, I think determination is so attractive in friendships too. I mean, in, in anyone in your life, I just think it's so uh, appealing and 
in in that way, I would also say sometimes the comedy scene is a horrible place. I mean, it's just another little pool. It's like it's a whole little college. It's, it's a plaid filled pool. A plaid button down. We're all drowning in drowned, it. Drown jeans filled <laughs> pool. Yeah. Um, and glasses. Ye- and glasses, definitely. I've been wearing mine since I was thirteen. So. Yeah, but they're fake. These are fake. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You're hot. I just took them <laughs> off and said she was hot. Get it? Boom. Negging, right? Is that what they call that in the whatever scene? I what, don't know. What's funny about that joke is I wouldn't care. That's not funny. That, that actually hurts me, so it's not funny. I don't, <laughs> I don't it understand. It doesn't hurt you that you hurting me didn't hurt me? <laughs> no. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to get controversial. You like Weezer, it. right? Yes, I do. What if I told you that, <laughs> that they haven't been good in 10 years? <laughs> that's beside the point. That's true it? of everything I love. <laughs> what if I told you eight out of 10 times I'd rather listen to the Green Album than the Blue Album? I'm a little offended. I knew you'd um, be. I knew you'd be. Okay. Let's talk about why you're wrong. The Blue Album, absolutely every single song is great. The Everything about just the crunchy guitar sound, how raw it is. There isn't a track on there that isn't great. Even Surf Wax America, which is probably the less popular of, of the bunch. And it's got hits, but it's also got obscure stuff like... Um, the My Girl's Got a Big Mouth. That's a really great song. It's so good. Really no one else. Song. Yeah. And it's so ironic in a way that's actually appealing. Quickly, and we'll get so hard into this Weezer conversation. True irony, like a song that's tongue-in-cheek, that's hilarious. But irony, just like, I like the Minions because it's obnoxious. <sighs> and and wacky. It's, yeah, fuck off. But back to Weezer. Every single song on it, gold. Green has some stuff. I mean, you got Holiday, you got Hashpipe. There are maybe five great songs, and the rest are okay. By numbers alone, Blue wins. By production, obviously Blue. Green is like, uh, it's great, but it's more polished and it's got more of a pop sound, which maybe you like, and that might be the reason you prefer it. What are your reasons for, for making this awful decision in your life? Because I do this thing, this crazy thing. I listen to something, and how it makes me feel is my answer. And there's literally nothing else to it. That's the beauty about music and why conversations like this are fun to have. But at the end of the day, it it's, does become, I just like it because I like it. Well, you know, there are people out there that will either kind of be contrarian or, uh, you know, it's like they think I've gone to some movies, like indie movies, where and people feel like you can tell that, like, they're either laughing or reacting because other people are and they don't want to be out of the thing. Like, ha, 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 And I'm like, this isn't even a humorous. But why is everyone laughing? Because they're afraid that they're like, oh, they're going to think I don't get it and I'm missing out. And it's sometimes I think it's maybe not for this particular conversation, but I feel like that's there. Like, Or it's just like, totally. am I like, am I like, I like I don't like things that are good and I like things that are bad. Just I to be contra- hate people like yeah. that. Or I, I don't hate people like that. I hate that concept and I don't subscribe and i think it's super fun with your friends to say hey you're wrong you're an idiot don't like these things um but you know it's not a real fight that i'm picking and i want people to like different things in the same way that i want people to have different jobs and dress differently and choose to eat different types of foods like that is what is so beautiful about it at the same time it's so fun to get nitpicky about things i actually have a song about this called open letters to myself uh, which is uh, also titled Elitism. And the whole song is me saying... It sounds like a barrel of laughs. It is. <laughs> and I'm saying, hey, 
Allison, did you know that your friends could like whatever shitty things they like? Like, you could have friends that like friends without thinking they're bad people. And if they want to watch Big Bang Theory, they can, um, even if they are morons. And, you know, it's just me being very mean about what my friends are allowed to do. So it's it's half judgmental, half acceptance. And then eventually drawing the line at Seinfeld. Like, you, you know. Do you have to like Seinfeld or don't like Seinfeld? In my song, if you put on Seinfeld and they don't laugh, say something hurtful and never take it back. Okay. Sincerely me. Okay. And it is it is just a song, but it's an important one for me. It's all, yeah, it's also a tenant or a mantra or whatever else yeah. it is. It, and it's not about Seinfeld. It's about there are some things in our lives that we don't want to compromise. Maybe it's our religion. Yeah. A.K.A. Seinfeld. Maybe it is, you know, a loved one that we would never, like, if you don't like this person, then we can't be friends. Right. Whatever it is. Like, we all have that one thing. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you're even healthier than I am. Mine's just, like, freedom and justice and love and stupid stuff like that. Like, wow. I don't compromise that. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, speaking of, like, kind of, like, ambition and, like, being, like, a top ten, you're IFC's top ten musical comedy people to look at on the internet oh, yeah. for some point. I don't know what the actual title is. But <laughs> no, that was it. Can, yeah, you say, yeah, yeah. can you say it again in those exact uh, words? IFC's top ten <laughs> musical slash comedy comedy slash and or musical people that you should know. But at maybe some point, sometime, don't. if you at got At some to. point, if you got nothing Have else you had to lunch do. yet? If not, if not you know, take a little break, come back. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was on that. It was very flattering and cool. Yeah. Um, I was happy. Posted on Facebook, got some likes, made me feel good. I think, you know, with people like that, it's that thing where, like, how much is that um, translating to, like, views or success or, you know, I think the thing is just, number one, being acknowledged is very nice. Being acknowledged um, is nice. But sharing that acknowledgement, not even so much to be like, hey, look at me how great I am, but it lets people, like, I think it, it creates this thing where, like, oh, you're somebody who, like, works hard and accomplished something. You're the kind of person maybe I want to work with or be around, and I think it kind of fosters that kind of energy. Absolutely. It's it's all building into your reputation. It's all it's all something that you put on your resume. That is something I literally added to my website. Uh, it is it is small, and it is helpful, and all those things kind of build into... Right after proficient at Gmail? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right under that? Can just, count. Yeah, ish. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all that stuff is is super helpful, and uh, I used to not write down or or really tally any of the places that I've been written up or any kind of small successes. Um, I was kind of just letting it go. But then when I applied to um, a festival, I kind of had to write a bio, which I hadn't done yet, and I was just like, oh, I'm just nerdy love songwriter and I was like I should probably write what I've done and then I did and I was just like oh I'm actually pretty proud of all these things I should maybe keep a log of this and now I do and so I wrote that in my little log and it feels good it's something I could look at in the you know it's it's just like graduating or any kind of other thing or any success it's nice and it feels good what about number 11 down though they don't <laughs> they don't they don't they get nothing they get nothing they get nothing is but but Bo Burnham wasn't on that list, was he? So in the top of the list, they said, you know, we we always have our greats like Tenacious D, Flight of the Concords, Bo Burnham, okay. Reggie Watts. Okay. Actually, was Reggie on the list or was he oh. mentioned? I don't remember. But anyway, they said they said Bo Burnham in kind of the. Let's take that out of the. You know what I mean? Like. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's save room for the other. Yeah, it's just like, what's your favorite band other than the Beatles? 
Like, what's your favorite day of the week aside from Saturday? Actually, Monday is my favorite day of the week. Is that true? It's very, very true. Let's talk about it. Um, I uh, I love the um, another day for, like, something awesome to happen. And, like, I love, like, working and making stuff and being part of what's going on. And weekends don't mean anything to me, really. I mean, I just every day is whatever. And I feel like on the weekends, things kind of slow down. And I'm really excited for Monday, like, what comes next. Love Mondays. Mondays are a good day when you do this kind of job. Well, you have a, jo- a job job. I have a job job. So I run social media for uh, a Comedy Central show called At Midnight, mm-hmm. uh, hosted by Chris Hardwick. Are you the one who's in charge of... Uh, Hashtag when they, wars. You're the one in charge of retweeting those? Yes, I am. Retweeting and distributing. And there's actually a lot of, a lot of science that goes into that. What is it? Tell me. I couldn't. A magician uh. never reveals their secrets. But it's just a matter of making sure that we're... We're not just picking the people that have 20,000 followers. Yeah, 22,000, 22,500. <laughs> Specifically never people with that amount. Oh, boy. We also don't like people whose names uh, start with J. Okay. That's just a weird tick of mine that I implemented. Well, my, my name on there is Sex Jackson, so I'm good. Wow. First name Sex, sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm good. I'm set. Uh-huh. So uh, it, is, it is a very fun job. Uh, what I do is I, I go into the office and I watch the taping of the show. That's at like 3.30 every day. And I get to see a lot of my favorite comedians uh, come on. And, and I know the state was on there. Yes, uh, that was. So I watched exciting. that one big time. <laughs> that was very exciting. We get we get really cool people. Um, we also get more like celebrity type people that are always interesting to watch because we're never sure if they're going to be funny, or if they're going to use the writer material, or if it's going to be, you know, uh, if they're going to bring their own stuff. And it's always fun. We had Ashley Tisdale on. Mm-hmm. That was someone that we weren't sure. Like, okay, is she going to be hilarious and end up cutting great. Um, that kind of stuff is, this is my first time working um, on any kind of TV show. So it's my first kind of inside look at what goes on to make it work. And it's a game show, so it all moves very fast. And we have scripts out at like 12 in the morning. So we have a research department at seven. It's a whole thing and it's really fun. But my job, I go in, I watch the taping, I eat crafty. I tweet some stuff, I Instagram some stuff, I write original jokes for the account, and then I do hashtag wars. It's a wonderful, wonderful position. Do you have ambitions beyond that there? Not at midnight. At midnight, I really love doing social. I have ambitions for where the social account can go. I think we've been doing a lot of fun stuff uh, for a long time, and that we just got this new great head writer, Joe Randazzo. He was writing on The Onion. I'm going to Snapchat you, just speaking of social, just so I have something <laughs> on my Snapchat. So keep going. And uh, I think that uh, it was, I cannot pretend that I'm not having my picture taken. I'm going to post. It's not a picture. It's a Snapchat. Okay. And it's a video. Okay. All right. I'll put it on LinkedIn. <laughs> yes, please. Um, I also run the At Midnight LinkedIn account. Uh, Whoa, for the business deals? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um yeah, so the the account, I would like to see it do more fun and innovative things, especially with, like, Snapchat and the different kind of little Periscope things. And it's I, crazy. I love you call little Periscope things. Little Periscope yeah, things. Yeah, little tiny Periscope things. <laughs> um, what's, like, is it, what's next? Like, is there something, like, more just more more festivals? Like, are, do you oh, ever for like, me personally. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, definitely more festivals. But I'm actually changing, or not changing, but I'm... I'm opening up what it is that I write about and kind of taking a bit of a departure from just the nerdy comedy side of things. So when I stopped doing YouTube, it was so I, I, I put out an album and then I started touring that album. And then I'm, you know, I lived in LA and I recently got back on tour. I was opening for 
um, Hutch and Kathy from The Thermals, which was my favorite band when I was 15, which was super exciting. And that was my first time playing with musicians, um, like touring with them instead of c- comics. And it's so different. And it made me really appreciate the music side of my stuff even more than I had before. And it makes me want to write stuff that's more like The Cranberries and, you know, The Sundays and all these great, like, 90s I was, I was, I was, I was old, I was old already by the, when the Sundays were out. <laughs> How so old I'm, are you? I'm old. How old? We'll talk about it afterwards. Tell me right now or I'm leaving. I, you don't have to tell me. I would never ask. 19. 19. Yeah. You look really bad. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> but I have, I have, I have the heart of like a 76 year old. <laughs> um, so, uh, I've talked about this on, on other podcasts before and I don't want this to be just my thing that I always say, but, um, I have a young dad. Um, my dad is 45 and, uh, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> uh, so I'm the new host of this show since Jason just died. Oh my God. <laughs> we are now going to be talking about the best episodes of Spin City. I, I'm babysitting you now, I guess is what's <laughs> happening. This is what it is. Did you get dropped off and I'm babysitting? Yeah, that's what's happening. So uh, I mentioned that one to make Jason uncomfortable, but two, because it definitely informs where a lot of my taste comes from. A lot of my bands and movies, like, you know, all the Marx Brothers stuff, all the old bands and all that stuff is, is something that I kind of learned from my dad. And so I... Without any of the old timey racism or old ways of yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Because, yeah, absolutely. He was too busy. He was too busy raising me to... I think get invested in any kind of Where racism in Long Beach, so Southern California, okay. Los Angeles County. Okay, um, and we hung out just the other day. He did my Simpsons podcast. It was a wonderful time, and uh, yeah, it, it definitely makes for an interesting kid, at least. And uh, you know, growing up, didn't really like the same things as other kids. Like was was strongly encouraged to was not... Was he into, like, the, like, the punk scene or the... Like, it's just that... Oh, I was just curious. I'm... No, no, he was more interested in... I mean, he was interested in stuff even before his time, too. So, like, we really liked Django Reinhardt and Woody Allen and, like, all these, like, older things. And um, as far as contemporary stuff, like, he's an amazing guitarist and, like... You know, people don't often expect me to love ACDC and Rush and Van Halen and Iron Maiden and all those different things. And um, I, but love I, Rush. Do. I love me Rush. Me too. Love uh, Rush. So I'm I'm actually a drummer first and foremost, and I learned how to play. From Neil Peart. Yeah, I learned how to drum. Uh, I waited like. I by waited the way, that's the first time I think uh, anyone has said like "yeah" to Neil Peart. Question. Well, after you just said how old your dad was, what do you expect now? <laughs> no, I'm saying it was I, a particularly beachy way to respond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, totally. Yeah. I love the way he does. I love prog rock. It's so good. <laughs> I love Keith Moon. Yeah, he's so good. He's so wild. He's an animal. <laughs> that is the goal, though. I do think it's, uh, you know, um, one of the reasons I write kind of about um, The Hobbit, and this is before the movies came out, and, you know, whatever the things are that other people weren't singing about, like, it was kind of like, hey, I've always liked these things. I know about them better than I know about, you know, anything else in terms of human emotion. And I want to sing about them. And I recently got this um, letter from this 10-year-old girl who said, you know, she said that she was the only girl that cared about video games and would listen to, you know, the kind of music that I listen to. And I'm her favorite singer because I sing about things that she gets and it makes her feel less lonely. And it was, it made me cry for hours. And it was kind of 
like it reminded me of like when I was growing up like I had I had this catalog of cool tastes but I was also kind of a loner in in some ways like soon it became something like fun trivia like oh I, I know all of the words to this song that you love adult that I'm hanging out with and most of my friends are older and it's been a fun journey but it's been this really weird time kind of having um connections with people that are my own age and I still find that most of my friends are are older but I'm trying now to like do not really let that be the driving force of my friendships but it's it's been this whole journey like is taste the most important thing is age important in relationships all these different things are something that I'm kind of dealing with every day all I'm thinking about now is how old I am I'm sorry like you, you just said age it. about 10,000 times <laughs> well um where can we find you on the internet, I guess? Is that how we're ending? Yeah, that's I how feel we're like ending. we should talk about something a little lighter before we, because you seem really depressed. No. How was your day? Here's the thing is, luckily, I'm very, <laughs> very hot, and I have, like, model runway looks and stuff like that. But if I didn't, imagine if I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. It'd be so weird. So let's let's play a game where we say something we like about you. What's who's we? <laughs> you and I. <laughs> who's, who's, <laughs> you and I are gonna play a game where you say something that you like about yourself, and I'll and I'll double compliment you. Uh, what do I like about myself? <laughs> I, I, I'm. No sarcasm. I'm very attentive. I think that's true. You did a really good job on this podcast, listening to just me say that my dad is older than you are, or maybe younger, around the same age. Who's to say? Who's to say? Well, I, a lot of people probably say it. <laughs> people listening to it are yelling right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> if you are listening, did you subscribe to the show? Did you maybe leave a, a comment for, for for Allison? Like maybe saying like... Allison? Yeah, I, I stepped it up a little bit mm. because now now, <laughs> now you're my junior, okay? Um, uh, did you think I was older than you before this podcast started? I thought you were like 44. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but you had like the soul of like a 42-year-old, you know what I mean? Oh, like, a, so like, nice. like a young soul. People could find me uh, at AllieGertz.com, A-L-L-I-E-G-O-E-R-T-Z, and Twitter and Instagram, all those things, AllieGertz. But if you want the album, Cosby Sweater. (laughs) (laughs) But leave a comment. Like you should like rate and leave a comment on here, and maybe maybe uh, Allie will see it and fall in love with you. Maybe just put like something like to connect with her. I'm just trying to get people to to engage with the podcast. I really don't care if you get can you get engaged to the podcast. Well, you know what. I am. It's engaged. a progressive time. It's it, it is. You know what I mean. Anything can happen, Anything especially on a day happen. like today. Well, uh, I mean, you could uh, please subscribe. You can find me at YouTube.com/slash/JasonHorton, and uh, we do new shows every single week. But this will be the last one. Yay. No, I'll have to come back for some something else. We'll find something. It, maybe IFC's like top five. Yeah. Or top four. Then mm-hmm. maybe like it'll be cool. But uh, this is the Friends Without Benefits podcast. I'm old. Okay, everybody. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 